1: If this were a negligent discharge, the, the response would not be to give Downey an award, it would be to court-martial him. You're listening to War College a weekly podcast that brings you the stories from behind the front lines. Here are your hosts, Matthew Galt and Jason Fields.
2: Hello and welcome to War College. I'm Matthew Galt. And I'm Jason Fields. Operation Inherent Resolve, the U.S. military's ongoing mission to eradicate Islamic State from Iraq and Syria. It's a complicated mission with many different fighters and groups, each with their own priorities and concerns. In February last year, Marines in a remote outpost in Syria learned just how complicated things can get in the Middle East. Here to tell the story is the person who broke it, Paul Zoldra, who's been reporting on the story for task and purpose. Paul, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
2: All right, so let's, let's get the basics out of the way. First, what happened in Syria last year to these Marines? Well, uh, so it was earlier this
1: year, February 17th, 2018. There was what we typically call a green on blue attack or an insider attack, basically a case where a partner force fires on a member of the U.S. military or in the case of uh, Afghanistan, uh, you know, if a Taliban infiltrator fires on a Afghan soldier. So an insider attack obviously is something that... We, uh, we don't like to see. And um, that was the case in Syria on in February of earlier this year, the first case ever of an insider attack in Operation Inherent Resolve. So what exactly did that attack look like? Basically, what happened is uh, at, at this outpost in Syria, it was, it was a special forces camp. It's called a mission support site, uh, which is what it's a euphemism for basically what a, where a special forces team would operate out out of. There was a team of special forces soldiers there training up the the Kurdish-dominated Syrian Democratic Forces. This is the partner force that the U.S. has basically built from the ground up of mostly Kurds, but there's also uh, some other sort of militia types uh, that have kind of come into the mix and we uh, have embraced the advise, assist mission to basically give ourselves a a background seat in the fight against ISIS. So instead of using direct, using troops directly against ISIS, we have partnered with the SDF in order to fight the battle for us. So far, that has worked out fairly well. But on this day, there was was an SDF soldier that actually ultimately attacked a U.S. Marine sergeant. Um, The Marines... That were there there was second battalion seventh marine regiment out of 29 palms so just a basic infantry battalion and they were there to provide security to the support site so the special forces soldiers were there there was an artillery unit other sort of u.s uh forces that were directly engaged in the fight against isis and the marines were basically there to you know provide security for the base and the sergeant his name's uh, cameron halkovich he was a he's a combat engineer. He was attached to 2-7. And he was the sergeant of the guard. And he had a, a Marine who was with 2-7. His name's Corporal Kane Downey. He was the corporal of the guard. And basically the SOG, COG, these are the these are the Marines who are in charge of the Guard Force. They are the leadership for the uh, the men who are on post. So at this particular site, you had some rooftop positions where marines were, you know, sent up and they were on shifts to uh, watch the perimeter. You also had a position on a MRAP uh, vehicle that was overlooking a entry control point so the in and out of the camp. Behind the in the MRAP is a 50 cal machine gun. And so that evening on the 17th of February, they were basically going out to check on the posts and they were heading to the MRAP together. At one point, Halkovich stops just to take a leak. Uh, Downey keeps going. He gets to the MRAP. He goes in and basically reaches out for the door handle. Up on the MRAP is a, is another Marine named Lance Corporal J. Smith. And he reaches for the handle, and before he can even open the door, he hears two gunshots. And it's a unmistakable sound. It's an AK-47. It's something that's uh, if you've heard an AK-47, you know exactly what that sounds like. And he turns around, and he looks, and he sees he sees that Halkovich is obscured. He can't see his face. He just sees his feet. And standing over top of him is an SDF soldier with his AK-47 pointed at him. And at this point, um, Downey you know, is basically puts up his weapon and fires two quick shots uh, at the SDF soldier, takes him down, kills him, and kicks away his weapon and sees that Halkovich is shot twice in the leg. It went straight through. Jumps on his wound, starts doing combat life-saving steps to to, uh, save his life. And, you know, sort of stabilizes him He's yelling back to the Marine on post and he's, and he yells, he says, Halco is shot. Halco is shot. Uh, the radio The man on the post uh, radios back and sort of puts the word out. Marines start running uh, running towards them and Downey picks up the sergeant and fireman carries him and runs him back to the, the forward surgical team, the Army medics who were pretty close by, like maybe a hundred meters away or so. Um, And they end up saving his life.
2: Do we have any idea what, why
1: this happened? This was an incident that on first glance seems kind of strange, you know, like, why would this, you know, why would this SDF soldier shoot a Marine? What's going on here? And it turns out that there was an incident between the Marines and the SDF that happened prior to this. Uh, And there was also some tension that was happening at the time, at least between the Marines and uh, the SDF before the incident. How was the incident reported, the shooting of Halkovich? So it wasn't, it's, it wasn't really reported by the military, that's for, that's for sure. So how I came upon this story was basically I got a, I got a tip from, from someone who basically said, hey, you know, I see all these reports of insider attacks happening in Afghanistan and the Pentagon always, always talks about them or makes some sort of public mention of them. But um, I've never heard anything, any talk of the incident in Syria, which at, you know, when I first got this tip, I was like, well, what the heck are you talking about? Um, what, you know, there's, there hasn't been any insider attacks in Syria. And so the, the, uh, in the course of my reporting and, and looking into this thing, it actually turns out that, you know, the Pentagon puts out uh, press releases and statements on insider attacks, sadly, pretty regularly, they're uh, they're kind of, uh, at least at, at some points, they have been a uh, regular occurrence in Afghanistan um, at times. And they put out a statement that says, you know, so-and-so was killed in an apparent insider attack. Two people were wounded. These are the kind of statements that they would put out. But they don't ever put anything out when it comes to somebody wounded, which makes me think that maybe there's more insider attacks that we don't really know about. Because if you're attacked and there's only people that are wounded, they don't ever publicly announce it. And this was an, this was a case here, you had a you had a marine who was shot and wounded. Fortunately, he survived. If he had not, they would have made a statement. But he he did survive. He uh, subsequently was awarded the Purple Heart. And so, and, and there was a public uh, photograph put out of the of the sergeant in question receiving the Purple Heart, but no information around why or, or what what actually occurred in order to make that happen. It's it's kind of um, it's kind of interesting that 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 sort of brings up an interesting thing. So in order to get the Purple Heart, the criteria for a Purple Heart is that your wounds need to be a result of enemy fire. So when they're going and they're writing up the award and they're submitting it up the chain of command, it needs to be clear that it was a case of enemy fire that actually gave you those wounds. However, when there was an investigation into this conducted by Central Command, they never never conclusively determined what uh, what the motive was for the shooting, which, to be frank, is is I find ludicrous. They offered a, a number of possibilities for how it might have occurred. One thing that they've been they they had tried to put out there as far as the cause is that maybe it was a negligent discharge, like the SDF guard, basically his weapon went off unknowingly, or just you know he pulled the trigger on accident, and it ended up shooting the the Marine Sergeant in the in the investigation that came out later the the leadership at the mission support site tried to say that the SDF guard had been had, had probably had a negligent discharge and then the the bullets ricocheted into Halkovich's leg a a point that was uh, also refuted in the in the report by the doctors who examined him. So it was the the investigation doesn't say it's conclusive. However, it it does acknowledge, uh, and I'll just read this verbatim: "Quote the most plausible explanation is an intentional shooting based on Redacted's testimony. I'm not sure whose testimony that is, whether that's Halkovich or Downey or someone else." and uh, and then the next section, you, you, you had uh, leadership attests to the guard's loyalty and claims a negligent discharge impacting into the ground and ricochets caused injuries. And then it says the surgeon confirmed two entry and exit wounds from 7.62 rounds consistent with a direct impact. So the report says that basically they're trying to make the argument that possibly it's, it's a negligent discharge. However, it happened at night the guard came up and shot this uh, Marine Sergeant in the back. He also got the purple heart for it, which means that the, at least someone in the chain of command believed that this was an enemy attack. And last Downey got an award. He got a joint forces commendation medal for his response in this incident. incident. So he fired back, he shot the SDF guard and then he saved Halkovich's life through his medical life-saving techniques. If this were a negligent discharge, the the response would not be to give Downey an award, it would be to court-martial.
0: A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up.
1: it would basically be an SDF soldier accidentally discharges his weapon, shoots this other Marine, and then Downey shoots the guy. Why would you shoot this guy? You just caused an international incident. You're messing with our partnership with the SDF. You're getting court-martialed. So there's there's all these conflicting kind of narratives that are happening here, um, and it just doesn't really jive with what actually, uh, what actually happened, which is, an insider attack. And uh, I don't have any question uh, about that at all, in my mind.
0: Is it really that bad for there to be an insider attack in Syria that it's worth the Pentagon going
1: to all this trouble to create confusion? Well, so um, I think there's a couple things at play here. Uh, One is that there's definitely there's definitely uh, different sort of chains of command that are not on board, they're not like they're not all working together to you know try to try to uh, keep this one under wraps. And I don't think it's necessarily being they're trying to keep it under wraps. But I do think that if you look at the bigger picture, you know of the of the partnership we have, the United States, I mean, with the SDF, we've used the SDF um, pretty successfully in the campaign against ISIS, and so that relationship. The relationship between special forces and you know the Pentagon and and the U.S. military itself with the SDF, they want to keep that pretty strong, and having anything get in the way of that doesn't really jive too well. You also have the outside influence of Turkey. Turkey doesn't really like the SDF all that much. They basically think the entire idea of an SDF and, and our support of of certain Kurdish elements of the militia were basically supporting terrorists. And so anything that Turkey can latch on to sort of screw with that relationship is something that they're gonna go after. So I can totally understand why the Pentagon or why Central Command would try to sort of downplay this as maybe it's an isolated incident. It's not a big deal, which I I tend to believe that it probably was an isolated incident. But regardless of that, it's still a story that should be out there. It should be told. And I don't think, you know, trying to massage the truth is is helpful to the marines in question you know this is their story this is their lives and trying to say that you know maybe it was an accident is is disgraceful to the marines
2: involved so and i think another part of this here is that these marines were guarding an SOF base right so how much does that play into it and is it okay that America kind of has no idea what some of their conventional forces are doing in places like Syria? In, in you know, how much of a distinction is there between or should there be between those conventional forces and special operations?
1: You know, what's interesting is on that subject, before I published the the original story of the attack, I called... I called or emailed just about everybody. That was the Pentagon, CENTCOM, Marscent, uh, Special MAGTAF, which is this the uh, crisis response, which is the Unit that, that two seven was attached to. I mean, I tried to get a hold of everybody just to it, at at least at a minimum, just to uh, ask for some sort of statement or comment on what the what my reporting was involved. But the second, you know, if if not that, to talk to them about what I know here and ask them if I'm I'm putting anybody in danger with the reporting. And I got crickets. I didn't get any feedback. I basically had all these uh, different people basically shift me around. You got to talk to this person. You got to talk to them. And nobody really wanted to, to talk. And uh, it was really interesting. I called the Pentagon and I talked to a spokesman over there. And I know the name of the mission support site which i won't share and i didn't share in the article i didn't find it necessary to do so but i talk to the spokesman and i meet and i i i tell him hey i want to talk about this mission support site and i mention the name and how quickly this guy clams up as if i just said you know i i don't know i just got the 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 pentagon papers or something (laughs) um he was, he was, uh, it, it was a noticeable shift. And so I think with this kind of thing, with a conventional unit attached to SF at a, at a mission support site, it raises a lot of questions for me. It's just like one, what are Marines doing there? What's their mission and how are they involved? Are they in direct combat? And, and, you know, just what are they doing on a day-to-day basis? It, it's a weird sort of Thing we're doing now, where we take conventional units and we're we're putting them with these soft units. Uh, it's something that we haven't really seen in the past. You know, basically it was it, it, at least in the Iraq Afghanistan War uh, days. Um, you know, maybe five ten years ago, you had conventional units and they do their own thing, and you had soft units and they do their own thing, and you have. You know your overseers over all of that trying to de-conflict them and try to figure out where everybody fits and now they're working in these joint manners and so it gets a little more secretive and it gets a little bit uh stranger for how these missions are, are are going and and ultimately trying to get to the truth of what they're up to you know i'm not i'm not naive i i know that special operations are doing you know secret stuff all over the place they're doing it in Syria they're doing it in Africa they're doing it everywhere else and there's reasons why these missions are kept secret and there's upset considerations and uh, classifications concerns and all that kind of stuff but for a traditional infantry unit to be in Syria and be in danger and be shot at and for members of that unit to be getting purple hearts and for the public to not know why they got the purple heart or how or where that's a concern for me. I, I don't I don't think that secrecy is necessary. And I think especially in a if, if we're gonna be in a democracy, then we should be knowledgeable about what kind of dangers our traditional troops face and we just don't see that lately, especially when it comes to Syria. So, you know, beyond this incident, there's there was a Marine with the follow-on unit. So this was two seven, there's three seven. They are over in, um, uh, at least, I don't know about Syria, but they're attached to the special MAGTAF crisis response. And there was a Marine pretty recently who, there was a photo of him getting awarded the Purple Heart. And it says, you know, the Marine's name, awarded the Purple Heart, and does not say where he got the Purple Heart as far as his wounds are concerned. I believe it says undisclosed location it doesn't say anything about the nature of that and that's i don't really understand it it doesn't make sense to me these kinds of things for me if a marine gets shot in the world somewhere they should we should probably know why and where and what the
2: circumstances were and it also makes it harder for you as the journalist to be well because you don't know what you can and can't write about right i know that you've made some sort of determination here but it, you can't even you have to be very careful about the way you report these stories. Well, actually, I think it has an opposite effect.
1: I think if the military were more transparent about what it was doing in combat zones, especially in Syria, then I wouldn't have much to write about you know if 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 they put out uh, they put out stuff about you know, here's what happened, you know, here's why sergeant halkovich was shot and here's what happened what kind of story can i write from that point i have nothing you know and and if this marine from 3-7 he was wounded if you put out the information out there then it really it really diffuses my me and what i can try to figure out it's this lack of transparency which makes especially investigative journalists it, it it makes them do what they do i mean i see marine wounded in Syria and I don't know the understand I don't understand why or what happened and all I want to do is get that understanding and I want to figure out who to talk to and get some documents and break this story and ultimately it makes it a way bigger story than it would if the Pentagon put it out there and just said yeah he was shot he had you know by small arms fire and he was you know at a he was on post and or wherever you know something like that but the, this push for so much secrecy around Syria is, it basically gets my spidey senses going. So, you know, that's kind of, that's why I'm, I, I want to figure this out. You know, that's why I pushed for this story pretty hard when the, uh, when CENTCOM was sort of trying to say this was accidental or possibly accidental. I was calling up the spokesman and saying, hey, you know, give me that investigation. When can I see that investigation? Like, I can't, I want to see what you got. And, you know, it, they basically released it publicly. You know, I, I guess it was like a week after I first, uh, first published it. And, you know, we now know this little, small little events that happened in Syria. We now know a whole lot more about what happened. And I think that's a good thing. Paul, is there
0: anything else coming on with this story, or do you think that everything that needs to be known is known at this point?
1: The investigation has been made public. Um, and, you know, it was it's already put out there. You can read it off of CENTCOM's website. And so there's that. So I think the story isn't really gonna go much further than that. However, I put in I put in Freedom of Information Act requests for the award recommendations for Downey's uh, Joint Forces Commendation Medal, which would show witness statements and other sort of things that show what he did, why he did it, and other people attesting to his actions that day. I also put in a FOIA request for Halkovich's Purple Heart Award recommendation, which would do the same thing. It would have witness statements and it would probably, I'm, I'm uh, hypothesizing here, but it probably says something to the effect of the SDF soldier was an enemy. So I don't necessarily think the story is going to go much further, but I think the documents that I'll end up getting through FOIA will sort of show even more how the, the CENTCOM investigation is not necessarily telling the whole truth and, um, you know, so we'll see but um, um, other than that I also kind of I, I go, just going back to earlier, you know I, I learned that when, uh, when somebody is wounded in an insider attack there isn't necessarily a press release that goes out as it is the case if somebody gets killed and so that, that's sort of led me to think that there's maybe more insider attacks that we don't know about. And so that's something that I'm just going to be investigating probably for a while to try to figure that out. And that's, that's more about, that's more about Afghanistan, uh, than it is, uh, is in Syria. But, uh, I will, uh, I will keep looking into it and hopefully, uh, I, you know, I, I really hope that, I am totally wrong, and there hasn't really been a whole lot more insider attacks, and the ones we know about are just the ones we know, but I tend to think that maybe, maybe there is a whole lot more out there that, uh, that maybe isn't public knowledge, and, and I think should be, and hopefully the, the, whatever documents I figure out and other people that talk to me uh, will, uh, will let me know what the, what's really out there. Paul?
2: Paul? Thank you so much for coming on the show. You can f- keep following his work and read about this story and others on Task and Purpose.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's show. If you enjoyed it, let the world know by leaving us a review on iTunes. We're putting transcripts of the show online at warcollegepodcast.com. And you can reach us on Twitter, we're at war underscore college, and on Facebook facebook.com slash war college podcast we'd love to hear from you so hit us up war college is me jason fields and matthew galt we will be back next week